We're happy to see you guys here today. Um, just wanted to make a quick announcement that we're having, I believe we're still having the women's um, Bible study tonight at 6.30. So hope to see you guys there. And we're just, again, happy to have you guys here today. Um, looking forward to hearing what Donna has that she's going to bring. So let's just continue with some more praise and worship.
because the battle does belong to the Lord. I don't know about you, but I've been incredibly blessed by the music ministry this morning, amen, that helps bring us into the presence of the Lord to help our, prepare our hearts to receive from the Lord this morning. So, so thankful for our worship team ministry. Thank you so much. And um, for those that may not know, my name is Donna Newman, and this is my husband, Paul Newman. And... I just ask him to pray over us this morning as I get started. Father, we know that because of you, it is well with our soul. That it can be well with our soul because of your word, because of your sacrifice and what you have done for us. We praise you for that, and we ask that you would just allow each one of us to clear our hearts and our minds to hear this message today that is coming from your word. I pray for my wife, Donna, that you would give her clarity, discernment, that you would allow the Holy Spirit to work through here, through her, and through all of us this morning and this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, honey. Amen. Well, it is such a, such a blessing, and I'm so appreciative of Pastor Ralph's invitation to speak this morning to you um, as he and his family are um, out of town and we certainly want to be praying for them wishing them the best and safe travels and you know every time I get up to speak <laughs> I am always totally 100% dependent on the Lord's uh, the Holy Spirit's mercy and his grace but aren't we all supposed to be doing that in everything that we do you know the Bible says in him we live and we move and we have our being and I think if we always have that mindset um, we, we will not be moved. We will not be moved. And we're going to be strong in the Lord. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. Before I get into our message, I just had to um, just share how excited I was last week to be ministered to by the children of Bellbrook Community Church in the children's presentation. Didn't they do a great job last week? Amen. And, you know, um, I don't get to visit or see that I'm not around the kids a lot just seeing them coming and going and it was a blessing to sit back there and to see them minister to us and it just kept resonating in my heart more than ever before as though they're growing up it just kept resonating in my heart you know these are our soon-to-be leaders and influencers 
for the kingdom of God. These are our near, soon-to-be future leaders and influencers for Christ. I know they're already influencers. They're already ministering to us, aren't they? And so that's just really exciting, and I was also excited just to see uh, the gifts of God just being developed in them. That's so evident. And I know you parents already know this about your kids, but I just wanted to share how blessed they, they are just such a blessing already at this age. Isn't that exciting that God is moving and he's always done that. He's working through children, the children's ministry, and we don't want to put limits on him, right? He can work through the smallest child and we just need to be aware of that and and just nurture that. Amen. And I was also blessed by the curriculum content that they're studying too because a lot of that was kind of a confirmation to the kind of the theme that um, I felt the Lord was leading me to share this morning. And that happens a lot. The, you know, the Holy Spirit will do that. He will um, sometimes he'll emphasize a certain truth from God's word to bring what? To bring encouragement and edification to us in certain times. I'm getting some feedback. I don't know if that's me doing something or am I moving? Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. So sometimes the Holy Spirit will do that. He will emphasize a certain topic at certain seasons and maybe a church in the body of Christ um, for edification and comfort to us in certain times and seasons. And if ever there was a time or season that we needed edification and comfort, boy, it's in this season, right? In this year, 2020. Uh, what um, just an indescribable... Um, Seasons we season we have been through, and it goes without saying that in a uh, congregation of such diverse people, this year and the circumstances we've been walking through have all affected us in different ways, in different circumstances, and we we maybe experienced it all differently. But as different as that might be, perhaps at least this morning, we can come to we can't agree on three things maybe about this year so far. Number one, we are living in uncertain times. We're living in unprecedented times. And as a theologian, R.T. Kendall recently stated, we have never been this way before. We've never been this way before. And with that being said, I don't know about you, but sometimes some of the overwhelming circumstances that we walked through this year I don't know about you, but sometimes it can cloud out the reality of the greatness of our God. It can cloud, cloud out and obscure the view of the fact, the truth, that regardless of the adversity and the difficult circumstances we walk to, the severity of it, God still has a plan. He still has a purpose for the church. God isn't dead. Jesus is still on the throne. Amen. There's an old song that I grew up listening to. Um, this really will age me and date me. But it's called Jesus is Alive and Well. Glory to God. Jesus is alive and well. Tell everyone you know. Tell them for me. Jesus is still alive and well. Amen. So Jesus still has a plan, he still has a purpose, and he, one of those purposes he wants to remind us today is that he wants us to be strong and overcoming, amen, a strong and overcoming church. And another reminder to us today, I've had to be reminded of this a lot of times this year, 
because I'm as human as everybody else, and it's so easy to get our eyes focused on the enormity of circumstances around us. But I've been recently reminded again and again and again that the, gra the greater the adversity, the greater the church prevailed, the greater the external adverse circumstances um, if we look in the, the history of the church and the word of the living God, the greater the adversity gave God the greater opportunity to show forth his glory, to display his power, and I believe he's, he's wanting to do that in this hour. I know there are many great men and women of God right now in the body of Christ, and they have um, all are, are sensing this, that God is about, there's, there's a soon coming great revival. It's already happening around the world, but a great revival the greatest move of God that we've yet to see before the coming of the Lord. And I'm not a prophet. I don't claim to be a prophet. But it doesn't take us very long to look to the word of God that Jesus, you know, every day we live is one day closer to the return of Christ, right? So we don't know that day or hour. But what we're called to do is we're called to be ready. We're called to stay fruitful. We're called to stay effective for the kingdom of God because he has a work for us to do. And regardless of the adversities, regardless of the circumstances we're facing, as difficult and sometimes overbearing as they can be, God still has a plan. He has a purpose. He still, he still has that call that some of you have in your heart. He still wants to fulfill that call in your life. He still wants to fulfill that vision. He still wants to answer those prayers. And um, he wants to do that for you today. And so today our message is, a, is just a reminder to us or for us a very familiar truth that we're very familiar with. But how many of us know that many times in the scriptures, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter, when they wrote uh, their letters to the church, and we are the church, amen, we're still the church, and many times they wrote in the epistles, I'm writing these things to stir up your remembrance. You need your remembrance stirred up. And I believe that they needed their remembrance stirred up because they had a lot of things that I had to deal with, a lot of adversity. And it's the same principle as the parable of the sower that Jesus taught. There's many things that can steal the word of God out of our heart, which steals faith, which uh, diminishes our effectiveness and fruitfulness for the kingdom of God. And Jesus talked about one of those things that could steal the word out of our heart, faith out of our heart. And one of those things was, remember, the parable of the sower, the weeds that, that sprout up and they choke out the good plant, which represents the word of God. And so those weeds in that parable talk about uh, the cares of this world and the anxieties of this age. And so those things can creep in. And if we've ever had that ha to happen, it's been this year, right? So we, I think we just need an extra dose of being reminded and stir up our remembrance of the fact that God wants us to be strong and overcoming, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So let's look at our, um, our key scripture passage this morning that we're going to talk about that. Strong in the Lord. You know, sometimes we struggle because we try to be strong in ourselves, and we miss that important part of it, that's strong in the Lord and in the power of 
his might. And so our key scripture this morning is in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. And I guess I'm uh, I guess I'm aging, dating myself. You can tell I'm uh, as old as I am. It's hard for me to, <laughs> to get rid of bringing my big Bible. I haven't yet transitioned, like most people, to using um, an iPad or on the phone. But I guess that's okay, right? Maybe that's my security to have that with me. <laughs> okay. I guess as the older I get, I used to really be really uptight about that. I'd freak out. I wouldn't want to tell anyone my birth date. I want to pretend. But you know, older I'm getting, I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter, I guess. No matter. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Ephesians 6, chapter, excuse me, chapter 6 of Ephesians, um, verses 10 through 18. <clears throat> excuse me. And I said I'll be reading in the English Standard Version. And this, of course, is the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to the church at Ephesus, the Ephesian church, a church that he founded in about, excuse me, he, he went to minister there about 54, 55 AD, and then he wrote this letter to them a few years later. And as a little side note, when he was writing this letter in about 60, 62 AD was when the Roman Emperor Nero was coming to power. And if anyone knows history, how horrendous the thought of having someone over you in a political situation that horrendous and that was some of the the external circumstances paul was dealing with there okay so um ephesians 6 verses 10 through 18 and it says finally be strong in the lord and in the strength of his might put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened the belt on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So does it, excuse me, does it help if I put it out to get that feedback? Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, well, won't allow that to be a distraction, but it's okay. Praise God. <laughs> Not a distraction. Only for those like me with supersonic hearing. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, this, of course, again, is Paul here writing to the Christians, the church at Ephesus. 
and this at the end of his letter, and the word he uses, finally, I used to think, well, that means finally in the order that, you know, okay, kind of have to talk about the devil, but I read, a, I read um, an interesting article recently doing some research in this, and um, <clears throat> a Bible teacher who has a background in Greek um, really points out and highlights that that word finally, actually, in the Greek, it implies that this is really an important topic. This is one of the most important things I'm writing in this letter for you to understand and for you to know. So that's kind of interesting to think about. So it's an important, it was an important topic. And uh, what we do know is, is preceding, if we've read through uh, the letter of Ephesians, just a few chapters before, um, Paul talks about... Uh, this, this is a spiritual conflict right here, but just a few chapters before, Paul is dealing, of course, with another conflict that we face in our daily lives. You know, I think there's two main conflicts we have in our lives. Our conflict over here of dealing with our flesh nature, you know, that big word the kids uh, learned that talked about last week on the screen, that big word sanctification. Well, that, that, that process in our life, there's a conflict there going on with our flesh, right? That developing the fruit of the Spirit, that's one big conflict. And then this that we're talking about today, that spiritual conflict, that's the second conflict we have to deal in our Christian life. Because we all have a race, Hebrews tells us, we have a race to run. God has a calling. He has a plan. He has a purpose for every single one of us in here. No matter how young or old we are, he has a plan. He has a purpose. He has blessings for you, for your family, for your, your profession, and for your work in the church. And, and Paul likens it, or the writer of Hebrews likens it to running a race. And so on that race of life that you and I have to reach the high calling that God's called us to, to complete and fulfill the vision and the calling he has for us, on that road, on that race, we have two major conflicts, I believe, and that's that dealing with that flesh nature, you know, and then feel, dealing with spiritual warfare, which is what we're talking about. And having said that, when we talk about this subject, we just have to be kind of careful here, don't we? Because it's so challenging for us as Christians to stay balanced in the middle on it. You know, because on one side, some Christians in the body of Christ don't even want to acknowledge there's demonic activity or there's spiritual activity. They don't want to acknowledge it. And uh, I don't know if that's for denial or fear or whatever, but that can hurt. That hurts the body of Christ. And then over here at the other extreme, of course, are people that get so focused on the demonic that it's like they believe every single problem in their life is because of the devil. And that's just not true, right? It's just not true. And that can hurt the body of Christ. So, you know, if we just stay with Jesus, if we just stay with his example, and that's what we're going to look at today, I believe we can walk in this truth and walk it in the balanced way, walking in balance, that sometimes in our life we have to deal with this this flesh conflict, that's the problem in our life. But on the other hand, in some problems we have to deal with, it's an all-out, no, no doubt about it, spiritual attack, spiritual warfare, demonic activity in our life. And no matter how bizarre it gets, no matter how crazy it looks or no, how uh, scary it is, we do not have to fear 
the songs that we sang this morning, they were about the greatness of God, the power of Christ. We have the victory because the battle belongs to the Lord, and we do not have to fear. Praise God. So we have those two conflicts. We're staying in balance, and that's where we're going today. Amen? So it's important to talk about it, to stay in balance because of the times we live in and because of what's going on. Amen? So we're going to stay in balance. Amen. But the, the, the fascinating thing about this text, scholars tell us, if we study the background of the book of Ephesians, scholars, um, many scholars believe or point out that the reason that Paul was, was explaining this to them about spiritual warfare, about being strong in the Lord, is because of the background these people had come out of. It's fascinating just by studying sometimes the background and the history of how a letter in the Bible was written can just give us so much encouragement and, and, and faith and hope uh, that God can do the same thing today. Because this place in Ephesus where Paul wrote this letter, the church that was established under his ministry, it was, it was located in what is present-day um, western Turkey. And it was Greek people, Greek culture, Hellenistic culture, but it was under Roman rule, Roman political rule. So we had the mixture of the Greek and the Roman rule. If we know any little bit about that background, it was a culture where there was all, nothing was off limits. It was a culture of the deepest depravity you can imagine. It was a culture where they worshipped a god called Artemis. And the temple that was built for her uh, at one time was one of the seven wonders of the world. And that was considered a place where people from around that area, which that was their known world, they came to worship her. And involved in that worship was heavy demonic worship, heavy demonic activity. And coupled with that was debauchery and, and depraved uh, behaviors. So all the immorality you can imagine, it was there. There were no restrictions. Children were not protected from it. Everything was done out in the open. And so you can imagine the level of demonic activity that was there. You can imagine the, the conflict that was there, the spiritual conflict there was there. But the exciting thing about this to me is during Paul's ministry there, God performed signs, wonders, and miracles, so, so amazing miracles in the midst of such deep spiritual darkness. And to the effect that the power of God, the power of Christ, was, was uh, say that people were coming into the kingdom of God, and so many people were in the occult that at one time, a new man were studying this in the book of Acts, I think it's Acts 19, that people brought their occult books, and they had a book burning, and it said that they burned, uh, the total value was about 50,000 um, pieces of silver was the value of the books that they burned. And so they were heavily involved in the occult. The worship of Artemis involved a lot of demon activity. And so even though these, these Christians, even though they had been born again, even though they had been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness <clears throat> and into the kingdom of God, and even though they, their lives had been transformed, they still had a deep fear of the demonic. They still had a deep 
fear um, of spiritual warfare. And so scholars tell us that that is a probable reason why Paul was emphasizing this to them to encourage them. And also why in the early part of the letter, he makes mention of the supremacy and the greatness and the power of Christ and his conquering power over Satan. And so we see that and we think about that, you know, in our lives today, we might have come out of some things in our life. We might have been delivered from some things and bondages or things in our past, but we, stay, we may still have fears about them. And there's even some people that have fear of spiritual warfare or fear of the demonic. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I think that that's so exciting and so encouraging to us when we think about the history of that that in the greatest, deepest spiritual darkness of a place, that the church prevailed. The church became strong. The church grew so much in that city that it caused a riot because the silversmith in that city, the money-making enterprise in that city, were a silversmith who made a great, the images of the idol Artemis for people to buy and put in their homes. And so the power of God was so prevalent in that place that they were losing money and it was affecting their pocketbook. So what do they do? When you mess with people's money, you get them really upset, right? People get really cranky when you get into their pocketbook, right? And so they were getting the power of God and Paul and his apostles, they were messing with these people's pocketbook, their income. A great riot happened in the city of Ephesus in the auditorium. There were 25,000 people. And God, God still protected Paul. The church went forward. And years later, Paul wanted to remind them, hey, I'm reminding you, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen? The power of his might. So the devil hasn't gone away. Spiritual darkness, spiritual warfare is still prevalent today. So we're going to just look at three Three points I just want to leave with us today about being strong in the Lord, dealing with spiritual conflict. Three simple things that I believe are, are easy for us to just put into practice and apply in our lives. And maybe you, um, maybe this, uh, you don't have a struggle with spiritual warfare or spiritual conflict. Um, so maybe I'm preaching to myself this morning. I don't know. But, or, you know, this can be a, just a good reminder for us this morning of the goodness and the greatness of our God, that he's a mighty God. So um, just um, first thing we want to, first point, uh, three points are we want to just be aware. Be aware, be prepared, and always be Christ-focused when we're dealing with spiritual warfare that comes in our life. And, you know, I think we all in here, we know the difference. I think, I think we understand because we all have the Spirit of God in us, those that are born again. I think we can discern the difference. When something is just us just acting out and we just need to get a, get a grip, you know, get, get over it. But then on the other hand, I think we know and we have a discernment. And I think the Spirit of God can, can, can enlighten us that, you know, this is something beyond just me. I, I sense this is a spiritual attack. This is spiritual warfare, right? I think, you know, we have the Holy Spirit of God in us to help us 
with these things. So it doesn't have to be hard. The devil wants to lie and say, this is too hard to do, and you'll always walk in defeat. You'll never be able to do what the scriptures say. You'll never be able to walk and fulfill the vision God has. That's a lie. And you know why we make it, the reason it's so hard is we don't draw upon him. If we just learn to draw upon the power and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, draw upon him, feed upon his word, we can rest in him, allow him to do the work, the, like the song, I love the song we sang today, the battle belongs to the Lord. And when we get our eyes off of that, then it becomes hard. So these three things we're going to just point out. We just need to be aware that sometimes in our life we can have this spiritual warfare come in. Just be aware. You know, when I tell my husband, honey, I need to be aware of something or someone maybe I work with, I just need to let you know to be aware of this. Why am I saying that? Usually we say that so that someone's not going to get blindsided. You know, it's not that we expect them to go around thinking about that 24 hours a day. We just want to make it aware to them so it's there in the back of their head and they won't be blindsided. I don't know about you, I don't like to get blindsided. I don't like surprises. And I don't like to get, I've never been sucker punched, but I saw a video recently on the news. I'm not a violent person. I don't like violent movies. And I know there's some people in here that have really rough, tough backgrounds. I'm not one of those, but I saw this video on the news the other day, and my mouth was hanging wide open. This woman was in the middle of the street, and someone sucker punched her, and she was going at it head on with someone, and someone to the side of her, they were trying to pull her away, and she wasn't having it, and this big guy was to the side of her, out of her peripheral vision, and he was this big, strong guy. He took his, his arm like this, and he just went, whoom! With, I don't know if any of y'all saw that. I mean, it knocked her out. I mean, bam, she was out on the pavement. She was sucker punched. I don't know if some of you ever had that in your life. You've been sucker punched by the devil. Sucker punched with some circumstance. Sucker punched, you know, blindsided. So being aware just helps us with that. Helps us um, to be aware that these things exist. Just be aware that they exist. And we, and we also be aware that, you know, yes, there are times when they're just wild, demonic manifestations like Jesus, you know, uh, dealt with that madman at Gadara in the New Testament. There are certainly times of demonic manifestations like that. And I've personally witnessed a few of those in my life, not many. But you know what? Those are probably far and few between. And even in those situations, you know, we don't have to be afraid. If we are knowing we are in Christ, it's not us that's facing the devil. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's Christ in us, the one who died and buried and raised from the dead, the one who conquered death, hell, and the grave, the one who came to destroy the works the devil has done. That's who we approach uh, Satan with. Not us. It's in Christ. So even in those situations where there's some wild manifestation, we don't have to freak out. We don't have to yell and scream. We just have to say, in the name of Jesus, 
be gone in the name that's above every name. And you know, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. We don't have to freak out on it. But you know, the most times, most of the time that we just need to be aware that spiritual attacks are happening, most of the time it's, it's in our mind. Most of the time it's invisible. Like, remember Daniel in Daniel 1, verses 12, I believe? Daniel was praying for Israel, and he prayed, and he was praying, and was praying 21 days. And finally an angel came to visit him, and he said, Daniel, from the very first day, your prayers were heard, but I've been in, in the heavenlies. I've been in heavenly warfare, spiritual warfare. Now, I know it's not common for us to see angels, but what I'm trying to point out in that example is many times that's the realm of our spiritual warfare. It's unseen. It's invisible. And, and with that said, most our most second point, being aware of that, leads us into the second point, being prepared, being prepared for spiritual attacks, spiritual warfare. Being prepared, I believe the two most important weapons are being filled with the Word of God and the Spirit of God. The Word of God and the Spirit of God. If anyone is aware of a, a great man of God named Smith Wigglesworth, he said, the living Word is able to destroy satanic forces. And then he said, the Spirit of God reveals, unfolds, takes of the things of Christ and shows them to us and prepares us to be more than a match for satanic forces. More than a match. And again, it's not us. If we try to do it in our strength, uh, we will fall flat on our face. But it is in Him. It is the power of the living Word, the power of the Spirit. I want to share two quick, uh, real quick examples of that in my own life and then um, with some other people. Um, with how the Word of God in our life helps us uh, uh, stand against, stand firm against. And let's remember that scripture passage. It's not that we're fighting the devil. We're just standing firm against. We're standing in what we're doing. We're standing firm. We're standing in the place that God has set us in, a place of being blessed, a place of being able to live in this life with freedom, without bondage, with experiencing the blessings of God, able to fulfill the call of God on our life. So we're standing firm against, right? And so the, how the Word of God can help us do this, a very uh, uh, example for me, years ago before I was married, there was a time where I was struggling with some heavy spiritual um, attacks. And it, it had to do with coming out of bondage from some things in my past. And there were times and seasons, everybody been through the midnight hour of your life, where it was more of a mental battle up here. And there was a time where I just had to take the Word of God. I didn't know what else to do because I felt so weak. And I felt this is never going to end. And so I began to, to, to uh, read this scripture passage, and it was Psalms 40. Psalms 40. It's been a key scripture for me, um, for God's deliverance in my life. And it's basically, um, I'm gonna turn, I won't turn to you, okay. Basically, the part, portion of that, the essence of it is, the Lord has, has brought me up. He brought me up out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock, steadied my steps. He's established my goings. And he has put 
a new song in my heart, praise God. And so there would be times where I didn't feel like it, and I would feel so weak and so defeated and so discouraged, but I would sit on my couch, and I would get that scripture out, and I'd begin to read it over and over and over to myself, and over and over and over, until finally I would feel strength come into me. Strength and faith would, would rise up in me, and that's just an that's just a practical example of how the Word of God can help us when we're feeling that spiritual attack. And then um, with the Spirit of God helping us, um, an example of that, how the Holy Spirit helps us, um, the theologian R.T. Kendall, um, great man of God, he emphasizes um, the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit, and he tells us how important it is that we will walk in the realm or live in the realm of the ungrieved Spirit of God. That, of course, the Spirit of God never leaves us as a Christian, but, the, but the pre his presence can be diminished or increased in how we uh, fellowship with him and, and our behaviors and things that grieve him. And so R.T. Kendall says, Whatever you discover that grieves the Spirit of God, find out what it is and don't do it so that the presence of the Holy Spirit will be in greatest measure in your life to help you. Um, so an example of the Holy Spirit um, helping in spiritual warfare, uh, this just came to me last night. I had forgotten about this. This was years and years and years ago. Um, I was in a prayer ministry at a church we lived in in Alabama. And we were with some ladies praying one day around the altar. And we would wait on the Lord. We would have long seasons of time of waiting on the Lord. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we would yield ourselves to the gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit came forth in a word of knowledge and said, there's someone here, um, there in a, there's a, someone here that you have someone in your life, there's, they're in a dangerous relationship, a dangerous relationship that they need to get out of. Well, one of the ladies in the, the group, she just went, that's me, that's me. She said, that's my son. My son has been involved in dating a girl who is involved heavily in witchcraft. And I, I can't get him to break up with her. And he's, he's being pulled into witchcraft. And so by that gift of the Holy Spirit, that word of knowledge, we were able to stop by the unction of the Holy Spirit. And we just prayed. We joined together and prayed. And we just broke that off. Of that. You know, we just came against that and took authority over that. And I remember two weeks later, she came up to me. And she was just beaming. And she said... He's, he broke up with her. He's gone. He's out of that relationship. It's gone, you know. So that's just some of the ways, the practical ways that we stay close to the Holy Spirit or yield to him and, and also in prayer. And, and we use the word of God. Those, I believe, are the greatest weapons we can utilize for the kingdom of God and to help us to be strong in the Lord. And so finally, my last point here. My last point, we talked about being aware, being prepared, and our last point is always staying Christ-focused. We always want to stay Christ-focused when we're talking about spiritual warfare. You know, I just, I, 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 forget, I didn't mention this earlier, but, you know, um, you know, in the sovereignty of God, he has allowed us to be living in this present evil age. 
Galatians 1, uh, Colossians 1, and Ephesians 6 tell us that. But the key word there is present. It's not an, it's not an open-ended thing. And we know the there's times and seasons of God. And in his sovereignty, we're in this evil age. But praise God, there is a end point. There is a time appointed for Christ to come back. And then Satan will be no more. Evil will be no more. Amen. But until that time, you know, my finite mind cannot comprehend that or understand it. But I have to accept it. And we sometimes have to, we don't maybe understand with our finite mind, but we have to accept it and work with what God provides. But even in that, that fact, God has still provided um, the resources to draw upon his strength and his power. He will not leave us helpless. And that's where we focus and keep our focus on Christ. What Christ has done for us and in us and through us. And part of the work that he did when he left this earth, he sent the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the third point, being Christ-focused. And I think that um, the greatest example, the greatest um, scripture to use that just shows us how Christ uh, viewed spiritual warfare in our life is Luke 10. Luke 10. Luke chapter 10. And this was where Jesus sent out the 72 uh, disciples and he sent them out two by two to go minister in the communities, to, to go preach the gospel, uh, to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. And this is Luke chapter 10, verses one, starting with verse 1. And then down, um, when they returned back after they'd gone in ministry and finished their ministry and returned, starting at verse 17 of Luke 10, that says the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said, I saw Satan falling like lightning from heaven. He said, Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, and nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, but, but, but that rather that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. I think this scripture passage pretty much encapsulates um, how we are to, to, to approach spiritual warfare that don't rejoice and don't get oohed and awed about the, the, the greatness of, of how demons are cast out, but Jesus wanted them to keep their eyes on the main thing. The main thing, our salvation, and for us, the main thing is Christ Jesus and him crucified. And so instead of, you know, oohing and on about spiritual warfare, we should be oohing and aahing about the greatness of our God. Amen. And as we keep our eyes and focused on Christ, we'll, we're a winner every time. We're on the winning team, amen? We're, we're on the winning side. Uh, we have a battle in between, but we know the end result, amen? We know that we, are, we serve a victorious God. We serve a mighty God, amen? Amen. So those three points, um, spiritual warfare, um, conflict in our life, um, being aware, being prepared, and keeping everything in our life Christ-focused. And you, uh, some of you in here may be saying, well, that's, that's a great topic, and, you know, I agree with all that. 
you know, but I have to be honest, you know, that isn't what the reality of my life is. You know, sometimes we can preach the word, and that's God's best for us, and that's what we're attaining for, but the raw reality is sometimes that isn't the reality in our lives right here and right now. But you know, God has that covered, amen? And the word is to, to lead us. The word is our compass. The word is our God. The word is how Christ wants us to, to the goal. But in the meantime, he's a merciful God. He's a loving God. And one of my favorite scriptures is in Hebrews 4. It says he's a merciful and faithful high priest. And we can run to him to receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in time of need. So there may be someone in here is saying, well, I think that's a good little message and your, your points are true, that's, but that just isn't going to work for me. And, and you may be in a situation right now where you've actually been through something, spiritual warfare in your life. Maybe you said, I, I'm one of those people, I got sucker punched. And maybe something in your life has happened and you've been through some spiritual warfare. And you feel, you know, you have been, like, knocked out spiritually. Or you may be discouraged um, and, and just feel weak. That, you know, I just don't feel like I can get back up. I don't feel like I can trust God again. I don't feel like I can have faith again. I don't feel like that my prayers for my family are going to ever be answered. Like, when, God, when is it going to happen? And we, we can go through these seasons and spiritual attacks. And we can get in that deep place of discouragement. But I tell you, if that's you here today, God has um, <clears throat> wants to minister to you here today. He's a loving God. You know, God doesn't expect perfection. He just wants us to be moving forward. You know, and one step that we can move forward today is just to cry out to him and say, God, I just need your help today. God, I need your great hand of mercy to lift me up today. And get me out of this funk I'm in, F-U-N-K. Okay, <laughs> make sure I didn't mispronounce that. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> sometimes people misunderstand because my I never can lose my southern draw. And Gabe told me to be careful what I say on Facebook Live, so I don't want to offend anybody with them misunderstanding my language and thinking I said a word I didn't say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Okay, so Billy Graham once made this statement. When we come to the end of ourselves, we come to the beginning of God. When we come to the end of ourselves, we come to the beginning of God. Now, I know that statement is probably applicable a lot to people coming for initial salvation, but I believe that can cover us today. When we feel like we've come to the end of ourselves, we've been through some spiritual attack. We've been through some stuff. I don't know what it is. It could just be the bad circumstances of what we've gone through as a country. Maybe something in your family. Maybe something in your, your work. Maybe something, a disappointment, uh, a difficulty. Oh, my goodness. But you know, God knows the depths of our soul. God knows, and that's all that matters. And there, I love what Corey Tim Boom said one time, I think, there's no pit too deep and I, that God cannot lift us out of. There's no pit too deep. There's no problem too severe that he cannot lift us out of this morning. So um, <clears throat> again, we're, we're just going to believe that the Lord wants to encourage us today with these 
reminders about being strong in the Lord and uh, his great mercy toward us. And while we're, we're on that journey of applying these concepts of being aware, being prepared, and staying cross-focused, he's also a great God of mercy. Amen? And he doesn't ever, ever want us to give up. And another quote by Corey Tim Boone, she says, With Jesus, even in our darkest moments, the best remains, and the very best is yet to be. The very best. We serve a mighty God. We serve a miracle-working God. We serve a God who's more than enough to meet every need that's represented in this room. I don't know what your need is, but God knows. I don't know what your heart cry is or your heart disappointment is, but Jesus knows, and that's enough. Amen. And so by his Holy Spirit today, I pray for you. As we close today, I want to pray uh, some closing prayers for us. And these prayers are from the uh, prayers that Paul prayed in the uh, epistles. And I think these prayers are so important. These are prayers that I pray frequently, and I've been challenged to be praying them more, more often. Because they're the will of God for us. Amen. And so as I pray these prayers over you to us today, if that, if, I, if that spoke to you today that you may say, I'm one of those people that, you know, I feel like I've been knocked out. I've, I've been blindsided by Satan or our or, or satanic or, or spiritual uh, battle. And I just feel like I've, I can't get back up. Well, if that's you, and as I pray over you these prayers, I just want you to visualize the great hand of God. Visualize Jesus as a high priest, that we can come to his throne as Hebrews, to run to the throne, to receive mercy, to find grace and help in time of need, and that his hand of mercy just comes down, his strong hand of mercy, or arm to come down and lift you up, get you up on your feet, so that you can continue on, glory to God. Get back on that race. Don't ever, ever, ever give up. Amen? Ever give up in Jesus' name. Okay, so these prayers. The first one is Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Do you believe that? We have to believe that. Lord, we believe that. You are able to do immeasurably above more than we ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church. We believe that, Lord. We believe that you are able to lift those up today. 
that may be watching by internet, those that need to be strengthened in their spirit. And Lord, we pray for anyone watching, anyone in here that never received Christ as your Lord and Savior. You say, I need what you're talking about, and you've never come into relationship with Jesus. You can do that today. You can just simply call upon the name of the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead and confess with your mouth and you shall be saved and come into relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's a new beginning and God loves you. God has a plan for you and God has great things for us regardless in spite of what we've gone through. The greater the adversity, the greater the greatness of God is going to be displayed. We have a day coming when God and His power is going to reveal some things to us. And there are people in here in the days to come, things you've been praying for, things you've been hoping for, things you've been struggling through. God's going to bring that breakthrough. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming in Jesus' name.
mighty God. We serve a mighty God. Well, we need an offering. Come on down, men. And while they're coming down, I want to say it's great to see uh, Chad and Katie here and the new baby. And uh, it's awesome to see you guys. And the smiles that are going from ear to ear on both of y'all right now is awesome. Father, thank you for this word. Now we can praise you and give you an offering. We give back to you a portion of what you have given to us. We ask that you would bless it, that it would reach others, that it would um, cause your word to go forward. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Once the offering plate has uh, gone past, you're dismissed for uh, just some fellowship with one another. And the Bible, remember, way ladies' Bible study tonight at 6.30, right? 6.30. And uh, have a wonderful day and a wonderful week.